Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Ignacio Torres and Luis Roger from BCN and MAD coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She's a beverage consultant who has worked with restaurants like Hungry's, Bernie's Burger Bus, and most recently, Ninfa's. Woo-hoo. Linda Salinas, welcome back to the show. How are you? Oh, you know, just living my best life. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All right, let's get right into the news of the week. Topic number one was the most read story on Culture Map last week. Restaurant Indigo, Chef Johnny Rhodes' tiny 13-seat tasting menu concept devoted to what the magazine calls Neo Soul Food, has been named by Time as one of its 100, oh, the world's greatest places for 2019. It is one of only seven American restaurants on the list. It includes museums. It includes hotels all over the world, like the McAllen Distillery is one of them. The the new Hudson Yards in New York is one of these places. And somehow a 13-seat restaurant in Trinity Groves is one of, one of them. I think it's just interesting that the most read article on your site this week, or what is it, this week? Well, technically last week. Last week was uh, Indigo and a few weeks earlier a divey cocktail bar from Lindsay Ray's is it was the most read article so I think it's just interesting like what people like to write read about well I will tell you it's a it is a strange phenomenon I don't know that we've really talked about it on the show specifically but culture map articles that are about other entities from outside of Houston praising Houston are always popular. So if the New York Times writes about Houston, or in this case, Time Magazine, or even when Eater did their best new restaurant list and put Indigo on that, it, it's just it's just people get very excited. They, they like, Houstonians like knowing that Houston can stand on a national, or in this case, an international stage and has something to be proud of. Well, and I think I think that we as Houstonians, we like to see um, what we call kind of like underdogs, you know, people that don't have big PR firms or the the I mean, obviously, we have our our sweethearts, you know, Hugo, Kaiser, you know, um, I mean, all, the, all you know, right. all, Chris all Shepard, the, Justin, Chris Shepherd, you, Justin, Bobby you, Hugel, all yeah, 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 those guys. I mean, that's always good. But I really I mean, I think that we just I think in Houstonians, we really like to see people that are not as as uh as representatives well well know. that's what i was going to ask you now is you know indigo has been recognized by gq and by food and wine and by texas monthly and now by time like is it now one of those restaurants is johnny rhodes now one of those chefs who's kind of representing houston to the nation uh i mean i don't know you have to think i mean we have to i mean really... it's only been a year right I indigo's mean, only been open for a year well and i you kind of have to i think you have to look at it like from like a guest, a guest perception, you know, like what is that experience it like, you know, um, they got 
what was interesting about the neighborhood that he's in right now, like people were like, yeah, it's cool. It's like in this, um, and kind of like this, like shady little part of town or whatever. It, it is um, certainly a, it is, I, I mean, I, I've been very honest about this in the past. It is a part of Houston I had not thought about yeah. or experienced yeah. until Johnny opened Indigo. Yeah. And, you know, now I've been there a few times. Yeah. Well, but, you know, there's also the experience that people have. Like, I know that a couple of people, I mean, I think on social media were saying that they were, they're never going back because their cars were broken into and the response from the restaurant, you know, A, B, C, and D. But, like, what is that, what is that? that experience that you have there um like as a whole like how does it represent houston you know well right i mean i think well you know i think one of the things people like about that restaurant is that it's a different kind of experience that, yeah that you're you're being presented food in a way that's you know maybe you haven't before johnny you know studied history at uh downtown and so he has a knowledge of these kind of political and social conditions that shaped the, the food that he's serving. And he tells you about that. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think necessarily you want to sit, you know, hearing about mass incarceration or slavery or, or stereotypes of in the black community are necessarily comfortable things. But I do think there is, it's, it's educational and it changes your thinking. And I think that, that element of education through a culinary experience is something that many, many, like many more people have been receptive to than I would have guessed there were going to be a year ago. The first time I saw Johnny do it. Well, I mean, I think there's also, there's a lot to be said about um, that representation of the, the black community in, in, in Houston. You know what I mean? Like, I love the fact that, I mean, I run, I mean, I live really close to Al, to Alameda, you know, and I, it's, it's like, that's my neighborhood. And I love running past the turkey leg hut. And those guys are like crushing it over there, you know? Yeah. It's a uh, bona fide cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Um, and like still, I mean, I'm just a few blocks from breakfast club, still bonkers all the freaking time, you know? Yeah. yeah. Still has a line out the door. Still has a line out the door, you know? And you know, um, on Emancipation Boulevard now is there's a vegan, a vegan soul food pl- soul food place that that just it just opened up. Doesn't have a quite a line outside the the coming. You know, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like I think I I love the fact that like another part of Houston is 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 thriving. You know, and it isn't and it isn't just the the normal people. You know, so um, right. I think it's great. All right. Topic number two, Politan Row, the food hall that's opening in Rice Village from the owners of St. Rock Market in New Orleans, is starting to take shape. They announced their first three vendors. Breaking Bao, a Chinese steamed bun concept that's currently a food truck. The owner is uh, Philip Kim. Cochinita & Co., Oh my a gosh. taco and ceviche concept from chef Victoria Elizondo, currently the sous chef at Decatur Bar. And then finally, two of your beloved friends, Susi Kopi and Boba, an Indonesian-inspired cafe 
from Greenway Coffee veterans and sisters Eki and Nikin Probanto. Uh, well, let me just start. What do you think? I, I mean, think you know, you know Victoria, you know Eki and Nikin. Like, are you I, I loved, for and, and I love dumplings, so yeah. I think this is a great. I mean, I think it's a great idea. I, I think it's a great idea. I'm excited to see more stuff in um, in the village. Um, I, you know, and it's funny. I redid Hungary's like, and I helped them develop those that beverage program. And I, I you know, they're that whole part of town is getting they're getting cooler. They're getting hipper. They're getting they're getting more options. You know, rice. Uh, Rice University is right there, and it's just giving it's just giving more options. Hop Dotty, um, Mendocino Farms, Mendocino Sweet Farms, Green, yeah, Sweet Green, like, Sixty Vines, the new wine bar and pizza place that's coming. No, I mean, I think I think it's, Shake Shack. Uh, I mean, we always we always discuss like you know, and like as far as professionals, it's like if you feel like there's too many options around one area it's you're not doing hard enough work you know it's it all it does is it gives more options for people and more want to come to that area well and i like that Pollison row is digging kind of deep right i mean these are you know eki and nikin are established but they've never done indonesian soft serve before yeah you know victoria is someone who's had pop-up she has the taco tuesday pop-up at decatur bar she also had, she has a catering company right so. she has a catering company she tried to get a food truck off the ground yeah you know breaking bow is a food truck in a, in a town that's frankly pretty hostile to like being successful in food trucks so because it's so hot in here it's so hot oh. and the regulations are so mean yes but you know i like that they're digging deep it makes me optimistic there's going to be I think 10 total restaurants in Politan Row. So, you know, with these three, it's like, okay, I, I see you working. It's like, yeah. what do you got? Like, yeah. what's next? And, and I will say, you know, I've, I've met with their culinary director. I've given her some ideas. I've, I've, you know, people have said, I'm interested in being a part of this. Can you connect me with them? I've passed that information on, you know, I, you know, and it's not, and it's not my responsibility to get the deals done, right? They they have to come to terms, and and it has to work for everybody. But you know, I I want all of these businesses to be successful. I want all of these food halls to be successful, and I think part of that is getting a really cool mix of of exciting chefs in there. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think this is a really good start, and and a food hall in rice village just makes a lot of sense to me. Absolutely. It's already a pedestrian area. It's close to rice university. Obviously it's easy for the students to get to Yeah. after work from the medical center. They can come and pop in for a bite or something. I just, it just, it makes a ton of sense to me. And I, and I look forward to that opening two thumbs up October, November, uh, October, November. Yeah. This be, year. It'll be open before the end of the year. Shut up. Promise. Uh, promise. Yeah. All right. It's also, Oh, we should okay. also, before we move on, it's also uh-huh, going to have a uh-huh. cocktail bar, Bar Politan. Uh, they're the corporate beverage director for Politan Row is Sophie Burton. She's worked in New Orleans for a long time. They're going to do like an agave forward cocktail bar. You know a little something about creating agave forward cocktail programs. Mm-hmm. You want to offer Sophie any free advice from your perch here on the on the podcast? I, you know, I don't, I don't have to tell anyone that 
is already a beverage director in advice, everyone knows. I mean, everyone knows the margarita is king in almost all of America. You put in a margarita on the menu, that's it. You're ready. And you're going to do a whole series of margaritas? Let's do this. No, it's great. (laughs) I'm, I'm excited for it. All right. And then finally, topic number three, Antone's famous po' boys has yes. launched a new celebrity sandwich fundraiser. First up, Bun B's hot wang sandwich, fried chicken covered in cheese and buffalo sauce. With uh, pickled celery. Yeah. Oh, so good. Also, uh, Whitney Merciless, Donkey Boy, the graffiti artist, Kaiser Lishkari, all kinds of other people. They're going to roll this out all through the end of this year and into next year. I mean, I don't know that there's a whole lot to say about this other than that it's it's cool and I want to go to Antone's and eat a bun B sandwich. Yeah, I mean, um, so Alex Padilla, the executive chef for Nymphas, um, obviously that's... Right, he's uh, also the executive chef for Antone's. For They're Antones. owned by the same company. Yeah, um, but they really wanted to do... Uh, they really wanted to, to do this series with people and at first I was like, what's bun gonna i mean i i love seeing bun b and i'm like right bun is a huge supporter of houston restaurants. houston restaurants he's done a cooking series on youtube yeah no i mean i think it's awesome but like when when he kind of threw the idea of this hot chicken sandwich you know of course alex is like ah yes let me uh let me make this delicious condiment for it and i'm like oh you speak in my language <laughs> so um anything that can get me more toppings on awesome sandwiches and uh and kind of do different spins on stuff always like gives me complete joy so. yeah and james coney island did that thing a few years ago where yeah. they recruited a bunch of houston chefs i know matt marcus monica pope i think uh hori san from kata robata yeah. did one and and that was really cool and that was really fun and they raised a little money for charity that way and and so i think you know let's get let's get people back into antones a, an iconic houston brand yeah and raise a little money for charity and have a little fun yeah absolutely all right that does it for the news of the week we'll be right back with our restaurants of the week stick around you're listening to what's eric eating all right Linda, for our restaurants of the week, I want to talk about craft pita, and then you want to talk about food trends. Yes, let's talk about food trends. All right, so let's start with craft pita. Okay. This is the fast casual Lebanese restaurant that just opened up in Briar Grove. Uh, I'm just going to throw it to you. What did you think? What did you think of our lunch? Uh, first off, I was astounded at the service. The service was very good there. Like, even though it's just a counter service, like um very yeah, they check on you they check they, on you and they make sure that you've got everything you need like it's there's a two bite check like you can definitely tell that there's good bones in hospitality yeah um, the owner rafi nasser worked for papacitos in austin for a while yeah. I, I suspect that's where at least part of that comes from yeah absolutely um i was also so surprised at how much how many restaurants and food things over there and just that in like a one or two mile. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. That, that area of Briar Grove is really blown up. Oh, anchored by that massive H-E-B. Okay. It's, there's like Barnaby's and then the Cafe Pita and then there's, you know, the roastery over there and then there's, it's crazy over there. Like there's so many options. Yeah. Um, 
we were there what on Saturday? Sunday? We were there on a Sunday at like Sunday eleven thirty, and it was pretty quiet. And then and by twelve thirty, it was full, full, completely full, like um, to the point that people were sitting outside because there wasn't enough room for them to sit inside. Yeah, um, yeah, good ingredients. Um, yeah, good ingredients. heart brand beef. Uh, I didn't, you know, I'll be honest with you. I just you didn't love your beef pita. I didn't like my beef pita, and I just didn't like it because, and I. I just, I think in my head, I always think of like Mediterranean. You want a shawarma style. I want a shawarma style. I don't, you know what and I mean? It's like beef patties. It's beef patties. It's almost like when you're, you, you really want a pizza and you order a pizza and you get like pineapple on it, you know, <laughs> or, or you get like a barbecue pizza and i was like well you just want all the cheese and pepperoni like it's just like the iconic like that's what i wanted um but i mean overall it was very good i mean that falafel is really good it's super crispy it's bright it's herbal yeah the it, it was very good it was good it's a great it's a great option for that part of town right it's healthy it's family friendly yeah it's it's relatively affordable. It's that kind of fifteen dollar. Yeah. You figure you'll spend about fifteen dollars for an adult lunch, which is kind of that, you know, that like better. You know, we've talked about Mendocino Farms and Sweet Green. It's kind of that price point. Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, it's. I don't think it's ever gonna. It's ever gonna kick. You know, La Fendi or or Aladdin yeah, not, out of the way. It's not putting Aladdin out of business. But, no, 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 no. Not but by they any can means. peacefully coexist. Yes, they can peacefully coexist. So it was, it was good. Um, they really. Um, so what I really did love was that Turkish coffee, which is um, a. Oh yeah, he grinds it with cardamom. In yeah, there's a the coffee. Coffee is ground with cardamom, and it's like Vietnamese kind of style. So it's like milk and. Yeah, milk you know. condensed milk and, and some sugar. It was yeah. It kept me going. It kept me going all afternoon for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing I like, you know, he's buying the pitas from Phoenicia. Phoenicia. He's getting. His little baklava pieces from Susie's Pastries. Michael's Cookie Jar is baking his brownies. He's got St. Arnold beer. Like he's he's sourcing well. Yeah, and it was I, good. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about you want to so you want to talk about food trends? Yeah, uh, food trends. All right. Um, Let's, all right. Uh, you gave me like six. Why don't we start with what's the one you you most want to talk about? Uh, I mean, so. Oat milk? What's 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 going on here? Well, oat milk. Yeah. First of all, I don't I oh. don't fully understand where oat milk comes from. Is it so is someone, it like like you like, can't milk a tree. You can't milk a tree. You can't milk a plant. You but are you right? But everybody no but Nintendo. look but, but but everybody wants everybody wants dairy free. Everybody wants no, we vegan. Do not. No, no, oh. we do not. No. No, no, we do not. No, I had someone say to me recently, it's like, oh, yeah, I heard Penny Quarter's pretty, but they don't have, they don't have any alternative milks. Well, I mean, it's the I'm exact, like, it's the exact opposite of the other place that opened. We vibrant. are vibrant and I get in there. I you get just in there. want like regular milk. I just, I literally go in there and I'm like, I go in there and I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like a cappuccino with my pancakes, right? Uh, awesome. I sit down. And this cappuccino appears, and I take one sip, and I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, can I, can I, can I have this with regular milk? Can I have regular milk? And they're like, 
oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, why isn't that on the menu? Because the whole restaurant is dairy free. I know, uh, but I just, I was. But I don't, but so. I was so, like, no, Antiendo. Okay, so I haven't, so I haven't, oat milk has obviously become very popular. I have not tried oat milk. Is it better than almond milk, for example, or? I don't know. I mean, is it, I think, I think what they do is they put oats in water. Yeah, and they then soak they, the oats. And then they soak the oats and then the, the murky water that comes from it is the milk. <laughs> <laughs> so you're opposed. I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, this is, we're just talking gonna, about food trends here, right? Right. You're going to get someone, the, the people from Malk, the local that make nut milks and oh, oat they're milk, good they're going to send you, too, they're going to send you like, they're going to send you like a case of this stuff. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're going to be like, Salinas, what is going on here? You animal. All right. And then wait, our, one of the others was charcoal. Charcoal. Uh, I'm opposed they freaking banned it in New York City, okay? They banned it in New Well, in this the state of New York. This isn't going to be like one of those things where I look it up afterwards and then I have to issue a correction for you. They really uh, banned no, it? No, you clown. <laughs> no, they banned charcoal and they also banned CBD oil in their, in okay. their food and drink. I'm not touching the CBD thing, but I... You're not touching it? Why? <laughs> because I think it's gimmicky and I don't care. Oh, well, I mean, that's... I mean, I'm... I but I but I mean as far as I know the only thing charcoal does in food is make it turn black. It's not like there's just, a charcoal ice cream at Bay. It's black pint, but it tastes like pineapple. I I got I've no problem with that. It 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 looks it looks pretty on Instagram. That's basically what charcoal does. Well, charcoal. It's not just that it's pretty. Charcoal actually takes pulls. Uh, it pulls. Basically, they use charcoal for whenever you have like them. They pump out your stomach, and so what it does is it pulls nutrients from you. And so the problem with it and, does that make the ice cream less fattening? Because then uh, I'm okay. No fool, uh, no, that does not help. Um, but uh, there's there's just not enough. There's just I don't I, I just I don't think there's just enough research done with different food and i'm just i'm against it you're I'm, against it. i am against charcoal i'm okay you're, with oat oat you're skeptical milks. about I'm oat milk. skeptical about oat milks all right uh, what are you for what am i for what food trend are you excited about kelp marshmallows just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding do you have any food trends that you're for uh, I don't know. I mean, occasionally going vegan for a for a minute. I mean, as much as I natural like natural wine. How do you feel about natural wine? Natural wine, I'm all about. Like, okay. we found one. Yeah, yeah. Natural wine, I'm all about it. Like, I like funky things. I mean, obviously, why I like, I like being friends with you. Uh, <laughs> Michael's gonna put the room shot sound effect in. There. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Uh, anyways, um, but you like yeah, fizzy, funky. Fizzy, funky ones. Yeah. Uh, I mean, man, you do you, boo. It's just food and drink. I mean, honestly, like that's really, that is really how I feel about most of it. It's like everybody calm down, including myself. But don't eat charcoal. Don't eat charcoal because you don't know what's going on. And CBD oil, you're just spending a lot of money for, I, that we don't really know whether or not that works, you know? So I, I think the, the opinion that I believe, even though I've not directly sampled or experienced, the opinion that I believe is that CBD works a little better when you give it some THC. Oh, okay. All right. 
I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know anything about that. It's the combo you know? that makes all the difference. Oh, okay. That's just what I heard. I read that <laughs> on the internet. All right. All right. Uh, Linda, before you get out of here, what are you, what's, what's new in your world? Do you have any, any projects or you're rolling out a new happy hour menu at Ninfa's Uptown? Oh yes. So many margaritas that are going to be. Tell the people. Uh, so Nifa's at up at Uptown is we're updating their happy hour and we are going to have eight new margaritas. Like what? Like a guava margarita and a spicy pineapple margarita, um, a strawberry margarita, frozen or on the rocks. We're going to be doing um And how much are they are you charging for them at happy eight hour? Eight dollars. That sounds very reasonable to me. Yeah. We're also working on a new uh, food happy hour menu. And that's coming from Alex Padilla. And then I also have a series, uh, a pop-up that we're still trying to figure out exactly where. Yeah, where Adam Doris was on the show last week. He said he wants to do a pop-up with you. Yes. He's going to do Spanish tapas and I'm going to do uh, some Spanish cocktails. So, and, you're, uh, and, and we mentioned this last week, you're... Uh, Butcher's Ball is coming back. You're involved with that, too. Oh, yes, I am. Yeah, so a Butcher's Ball. I'm, I'm going to be uh, coordinating all the all the beverage. We're going to have some mezcal in the, in the VIP room. Um, we're going to have McAllen um, in the VIP room as well. Um, so make sure to get your VIP tickets for Butcher's Ball. It's the fourth annual in Brenham. It's a, a great festival. Um, this year we're going to be doing couple of different cities it's not just houston so it'll be austin yeah dallas. chefs from austin chefs from yeah. san antonio chefs from dallas yeah, yeah it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be a great great time so um we've got a lot of stuff going on this year i'm really excited for for what everybody else has going on too so um we're buzzing all right linda thank you very much thanks dude all right and i will be right back with Luis roger and ignacio torres you're listening to what's eric eating I'm joined this week by Chef Luis Roger and Ignacio Torres, the owner of BCN and MAD. Gentlemen, I'm going to introduce you once, one at a time so that people can hear your voices. Luis, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you, Alex. Hi, Alex. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm flattered. Uh, Ignacio, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Alex. Eric. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I always kind of like to start at the beginning with these interviews. So, Ignacio, could you talk a little bit about how you met Chef Luis and then lured him to Houston to open a restaurant? Sure, it was about 10 years ago. <clears throat> he was working in a house in, uh, in the middle of the farm in the Ampurda region that we call in Catalonia. He was a chef at a house that used to belong to our family. We went to spend the summer there. When they told us first that the chef was going to be uh, someone for El Bulli, I thought, oh, damn, that's not exactly what we had in mind when we go to these kind of places. You, you thought it was going to be all foams and... Uh, and fancy and small dishes and yeah. overpriced. And to the contrary, we found Luis, which not only did fantastic uh, traditional cooking, but also was a fantastic uh, relationship in the terms of the personality. The uh, We got together. We just, we just saw eye to eye exactly what we want to do in terms of maybe one day building a restaurant together. Then Luis, what about what about the opportunity to come to Houston appealed to you? I mean, you you packed up your your whole life, your whole family, and you moved to Texas. Well, it was uh, it took me seven years actually uh, to make the move. 
And, and honestly, uh, I'm very adaptable. I'm very easy. And, uh, and, and I was very happy since the really beginning. No, the, the toughest thing was to convince my wife and with three children. Uh, but nowadays, all are very happy and, and, and I love Houston. Good. So let's start with BCN. You opened that about six years ago. Five. Five years ago. In three weeks, five years. September 20. It's, it's an interesting restaurant. You know, if you read, fine dining is, is not fashionable. People don't like it. They don't want to get dressed up for dinner. You've really bucked that trend. BCN is one of those restaurants where people get dressed up. They want to drink nice wine. They want to have good food. What do you think it is about BCN that, that makes it, that's kind of set it apart? I would say uh, that uh, we, we, you can call it, we sell uh, elegance through simplicity. So people can be very elegant, but very relaxed and casual at the same time and friendly. <clears throat> Me as a client, maybe I have also a kind of an opinion of our client. I think it's, it's, it's as Luis says, in one hand, it's very elegant. Uh, the people that is goes there blends very well with the place, the decor, the uh, the tones are very pale. The music, the light, everything is, everything invites you for a very uh, relaxed dining experience. You can go with a business partner. You can go on a date. Uh, you can go by yourself if you have nothing better to do with a good book and just enjoy it. And then the quality of the food is the perfect finish of that uh, whole concept. Where well, the quality of the food is not heavy, it's very light. You can have a great meal, extremely tasteful, with a fantastic service. At the end of the day, really, the, the end of the, the broche de oro, as we say in Spanish, is packed with the service. He's running a fantastic service, the quality of the service. We measured the rankings of the service. We, we just had the 4.9 ranking in service. So that tells you how good we're doing in that aspect as well. Yeah, and I think Paco was a real ambassador for you because... He worked at Cafe Annie for so long, maybe even before they knew Luis or before they knew Ignacio. They said, oh, I'll, I'll go to Paco's new restaurant. I want to see what he's doing. Bingo. That was for us to bring Paco on board is, is, is a perfect dream. It's a dream team. In that sense, we had a dinner last week to celebrate the five years anniversary, which is going to be on September 20th. And, uh, and, and I cannot see BCN without either one of the three. My role, I'm not sure exactly what is my role, maybe more in the decoration part, but definitely Luis in the kitchen and pack on the front is just perfect. The combination is absolutely great. Luis, how, how, how much has it changed over the years? I mean, are there dishes that you do now that you couldn't have done in the beginning? You didn't know how people would respond to them? Uh, we actually do same style. Uh, some dishes, uh, I'm, we're taking out the dishes for maybe half year, six months, five months. We usually change the menu, update the menu, maybe 20%, which is eight to nine dishes, three times a year. Uh, and you know, when we take out some, we bring new ones in, and over the month, we put back uh, on again, and people like it, because hey, hey, uh, you're having again that dish that I love it. And what are the staples? that? I mean, obviously, the suckling pig has become something you're very well known definitely, for. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I would say also the, the wildcat uh, branzino. I would say the lobster uh, caldereta, the patatas bravas, of course, and the jamón ibérico. And, 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 I mean, 
pretty much, uh, I would say 80% of the dishes at this end are the, the classic, uh, the stables, and 20% uh, they, they, they rotate. Luis, have you been, what, what, how do you sort of see the restaurant's relationship with its diners? I mean, do you have, do you have uh, regulars who come all the time? Do you have people that only use you for special occasions? I would say BCN, uh, we have maybe 65%, uh, almost 70% regulars. They come every week, every two weeks, every three weeks, once a month. Sometimes most of them uh, actually they coming twice a week, and then we have that 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 thirty percent thirty five that is new time, and 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 you know I, I I'm very happy that uh, that we have regular people, and we have new people every day. You know, yeah. uh, Ignacio, I've I've heard once someone told me that uh, that it's Carlos Slim's favorite restaurant in Houston. Ah no no. <laughs> <laughs> we always said that he was the only client that came and didn't pay. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not completely true. He, we were fortunate that uh, that we had a common friend who had it to... Carlos Slim was being the speaker at a conference that that common friend was organizing. The common friend is the Archbishop of Los Angeles, Father Jose Gomez. And uh, he had to invite uh, him as a courtesy... Uh, to host him as a courtesy because he was the speaker on the conference. So uh, he was the first client of the first guest that we had coming to the house. We had not opened yet. That's also why we didn't even charge him. But I think he had a great meal. He had a, he had a great a great evening. Uh, it was one of the surprises because we were expecting eight people to come. And within 30 minutes, I'm keep in mind that we had no kitchen. We had no refrigerator. We were cooking from an oven. Within 30 minutes before arriving, we found out there were 25, not eight of us. But still, we uh, Luis managed to, to cook a caldereta, which is a dish that has been... I think we never took the caldereta away from the uh, from the menu. My No, never. Never. It's been, it's been a classic for the last five years, which is a rice with lobster, lobster rice. Absolutely delicious. And uh, I don't know if he's... Is he, has he ever been back or not, Mr. Slim? No. Tell, tell him hey, if you're listening, you can come back. We will not charge you. For the first time. <laughs> but it was it was a privilege for us to have him having dinner with us. So when did you make the decision that you wanted to open a second restaurant? But well, we pretty much made the decision even before we opened the first one. Uh, having the uh, on when we opened the first one and we did the same thing for the second, we started having a lot of tasting menus at the house. We will invite a few friends, and with the invitation of the friends, we will have try different dishes and see how the people react about the taste, about the pricing, about the uh, the presentation. And since the beginning, uh, we thought that the concept would be to do everything except tapas and paellas, which is what Spain is most known about it. At the same time, we're from Barcelona. Barcelona, Catalonia right now is going under a little bit of a political distress in Spain and the in the separatists, we are very Catalanistic. We love Catalonia, we love Barcelona, but we are very Spanish. We love Spain, and we like Madrid. We think it's a beautiful city. And Madrid is very well known for a few things. One of them for the nightlife. And since the beginning, we thought, you know what, it would be fantastic if one day we can make a second restaurant, name it after Madrid, focusing tapas and paellas. And you know, what a coincidence that the abbreviation of Madrid for the airport mad also means crazy nuts. <laughs> so since the beginning, the idea and the concept was there. So pretty much, I think from day one we had that yeah, idea. Yeah. But of course, I think it's prudent to say that we didn't want to open a second one until the first one was successful. Keep in mind, this is the first time ever we got into a restaurant business. Both Luis and myself, as, a, as an investors, as a, 
So uh, we didn't want to start a second business until the first one was successful. Thanks God, the first one was successful from month one. And we can say the same thing about number two. Maddie's been generating profit from month one. So uh, let's see. Maybe we need to start thinking about project number three now. Uh, we'll, we'll come to that. <laughs> I, I just, I, I love the contrast between the two restaurants. BCN, as you said, it's, it's very serene. It's very quiet. It's very, it's white, you know, like just the, the walls and the, the linens and everything. And, and Matt is so boisterous and so colorful and so lively. So was that, was that the plan? Like from the very beginning that, that they would be these, these two kind of totally different atmospheres. Yes, completely. The, uh, the, uh, both, both have one same color theme, which is orange. Orange is, is happens to be my favorite color. I don't know if it's also your favorite color, Luis. Yeah. And it's, it a, is now. And, and it's the Astros. And I see the Astros also yeah. have orange. So. <laughs> and, uh, but when we were looking for the second, we were inspired when it comes into the concept, especially in terms of the nightlife, for a restaurant called Ten Con Ten in Madrid. And then with Luis, we, we made a trip and we started visiting restaurants in Spain. And we visited Ten Con Ten and we loved the, uh, the ambiance, we loved what, what was being doing there in terms of a nightlife. But the decoration didn't catch us. We went to visit a few restaurants from the same chef, from the same owners, and we found one that is called Amazonico, which the design of the restaurant is absolutely was a beautiful design. Uh, the conception of the of the restaurant, how he put everything combined together. And you need to be there because it has a combination of Amazon uh, art decor, uh, everything combined perfectly, different ambience. And uh, so we start getting behind or trying to get hold of Lazaro Rosa Violan, which is the guy who designed, is a company that designed Matt. And uh, since the beginning, we thought it was the right guy for the project. And it's one of those beautiful corporations that you give them an idea for 20% and he gives you back 200%. And then you give another 20% and he gives you back 200%. Absolutely a dream come true. It's a little bit like Luis in the kitchen. You just need to give a couple of concepts and he makes those two concepts on a masterpiece. So what ideas did you give him that inspired the direction? Because I, I, this, is, this is not a visual format, so it's difficult to describe the interior for anyone who hasn't yeah. seen it. But, I mean, there's everything from artwork on the walls to spinning light fixtures to you know 3d printed satellites i mean what how much of that what what did you sort of tell him that that put him down this path but the first thing we told him is we have a column in the middle so you have to work around that column in the middle and to be honest with you was a little bit of the concern because a column in the middle somehow mandate how the design is going to be done you're going to have a bar in the middle of the restaurant which is something that i didn't like the idea at the beginning and i thought to the contrary I thought it was a gorgeous it was fantastic we can make the whole restaurant go around the bar we want the whole restaurant to go about the kitchen around the kitchen uh, so here we have uh, uh, how someone is making lemons into a lemonade the uh, second thing that we had a big concern is the bar the restaurant becomes a lounge uh, you have the example here, the Colonial, where you have a restaurant downstairs and a lounge upstairs and completely separate. So there is no contamination between one concept and the other. You can have a crazy crowd of people. I'm not saying they have Colonial, like Colonial does a great job, but you can have a complete two different kind of crowds of two people. Two different atmospheres. Two different atmospheres without contaminating one to the other. Here, we didn't know we we're going to be able to do it. I don't know if the guy who's spending $100 or $150 on a great meal and maybe a couple of hundred dollars on a bottle of very good wine is going to be combining well with a 11 p.m. or midnight crowd and how we do the transition. We're going to have a DJ. That DJ can be a, a double sour, uh, you know, it can go nuts, it can get the music, people can get upset because it's too loud. 
So the, the whole idea was how can we make the transition? We need to have private rooms. And honestly, it's much more Lazaro than anything else. I guess he has hundreds of hours of experience of projects behind it. He knows what it works, what it didn't. And uh, from day one, from the first project, for the sketches to today, we changed very little. I don't think we changed much. Okay. Eh? So he, he got completely the ideas of what we have to be done. And, and pretty much it's more his merit than anyone else. So Luis, let me let me shift back to you because the menu is is also very different. Uh, you you don't do paella and you don't do tapas at BCN, and those are kind of the two anchors of the Mad Menu. So, how did you kind of come up with the dishes that you wanted to include? Well, for the for the last uh, two years that uh, we've been working on on the, on the Mad Project, we've been testing uh, different dishes, no, and, and and also with all the travels that we made uh, with Ignacio, we we start working on a, on, a, on a recipe book, no, with uh, with a lot of ideas, and and these ideas uh, we've been working for the last two years, and this is the final result of these two years working, basically. So one of the one of the other big differences is that you're exploring some modern techniques. You have a you have noodles made out of broth. You have uh, beef tartare wrapped in fake newspaper. You have it's uh, and it's it's not branded Culture Map, which hurts my feelings. I just <laughs> want you I just want you to know that uh, you have a tomato that's not a tomato. Why did you decide to 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 incorporate some of those elements, and how are people responding to them? Well, how uh, how was uh, I mean I mean uh, let's focus on 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 how good and how great is the the, the, the the dish by itself, and and then after that let's let's uh, let's let's do something crazy. Let's do something different. But uh, you know the most important is the, the 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 food has to be excellent. And, and and remind me the, the others the, the second. And so how are people responding to it? Are they do they are they intimidated by it? Are they do they love it? Do they how do they honestly feel? since day one people love it? I mean uh, are are uh, pretty much acceptable. Obviously for some people uh, they still so they they expecting maybe a tomato and and they, yeah, I mean I thought that was a tomato and we are trying to work with uh, with uh, the help of our servers to communicate before to the client that is not uh, you know I mean it's a kind of surprise right and but let me for the record eh, before you arrive we were talking with Eric and he said you know what some of the things you guys are doing. I'm not sure I buy in it in, in yet. And, and I think it's very important. And I really appreciate the, the honest comment because we, we're trying to bring something a little bit different. So you do tapas, just classical tapas. It's rather easy to do, uh, uh, to put a piece of bread with uh, some good product on top of it. We're trying to see if we can create very creative tapas. But that is very risky because you can go flash you can you can become a bit snobby what we're trying to do if it doesn't taste good or to the contrary if you can really do well and find the right formula really really match with the people so we're still having some some tweaking to do we have to have so the tomato you tried you tried the tomato at the beginning was no good we didn't like it either we changed it the new tomato you will love it and it's a learning process we absolutely convinced that the product is will be very well accepted in houston but but houstonians they don't take cheap ideas uh, uh, you have to be very good what you're doing well and people travel and so they have they i mean some of them have probably encountered some of these ideas and dishes before maybe some of them haven't 
I mean, do you find that it's been, it's been, I mean, and you know, but even the entrees, I mean, the paella is such a, can be such a technical dish. Is it, has it been hard to get your cooking staff to the point where it's consistent? Uh, honestly, I mean, uh, as uh, Ignacio is saying, it's a learning process. Uh, and we have a lot of uh, debates, no? Should we offer the sukarat? Should, should we not? Should we just doing it at the beginning? You know, it's a learning process. And, uh, and, uh, and I think it's this it, no? I mean, I mean, yeah, no, and, and keep in mind, we're trying to cook by just a very traditional way, so... We use uh, 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 wood. We use charcoal to cook the the with one thing is that is not predictable. So we're trying to do it in the classical way. People, as you as you were saying before, they have to learn. There is not people that grew up. So to do a barbecue in Houston is rather easy. You've been barbecue since you are seven, at your grandfather and uh, next to your grandfather. So it's something new. It's, it was in a new ambiance. Keep in mind that we open. I think pretty much the day we opened the doors to the public, we had only two or three days of training in the in the place. Uh, but it's, it's, they're coming good. They're, I'm very, very happy. Some of what we had with Luis, we tasted the new menu on Saturday. And from a quality point of view, we are, we are nailing it. Now we need to make sure that we pr- propose to the public in a way that people will accept it, you understand? Right. I think uh, certainly from the very day you opened the doors, I mean, the restaurant's been basically full every night. Were you are you surprised that you're so popular? I mean, they is it really true that people are waiting six weeks for a reservation? I'm really surprised because honestly, uh, you know, I try to to make myself uh, uh, concerned that uh, we were going to open a new restaurant. Uh, we are new in the city, trying to do not uh, help with PCN uh, successful, and and I was I was kind of hey, let's see. Let's see if people come. It's in the, in the middle of the summer. Some people, uh, I mean, are out of town and completely surprised. Yeah, they're, they're coming. I, I know because every time I drive past it, there's three Ferraris parked up front. <laughs> None of it ours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, people have been real. I mean, people have been really excited about this restaurant and they love the decor. And they take pictures of themselves in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that is. You've been there. <laughs> I've been there. Yes, the yeah. neon, the green lights. It's I very... tell you what. One of the things that with with Lathar we discuss a lot is every corner has to be, and and that's the that's the. I, I will probably tell you, and the same thing with Luis, that one characteristic that every great uh, professional has on his field is attention to details. Uh, same thing with the, with the dish in Luis. There is absolutely nothing left to lock. On the des- on the design of the hotel of the uh, restaurant, there is nothing left to to by coincidence. So the the bathrooms, there is a narrow hallway you have to walk through, which is a lemon. But if you are creative, you can make it into a lemonade. You put the mirrors, you put the lights. You have and keep in mind the lights. We still haven't start playing with the lights. We can start changing the lights. We can make it into because Lazaro wants that every corner is a selfie corner, and I think he he nailed it on that. No, I think that's I think that's absolutely right, and I've seen you know, very stylish people coming to the restaurant, taking pictures of themselves in the, in the bathroom hallway, taking pictures of themselves yeah. <laughs> out front in front of the mural. It, it's, it's wild. I mean, it's, it's, it's gotta be very exciting. Yeah, it's cool. I, I think we were saying before we, uh, we, uh, open, 
we probably, uh, well, we did, not we probably, we did trips to Miami, to New York, to Las Vegas, to Los Angeles. Uh, we visit some of the best places around. And I tell one thing, I, I think in Houston we managed to, to be at something at level, maybe maybe higher, who knows. Yeah. But at least on level with some of the best places if, uh, around the world, or at least like, the best places in the United States. So you've been open for two or three months? Two months, yeah. How do you... What, what would you like to accomplish between now and, say, the six-month anniversary? Where, where would you like to... How would you like to improve or change the restaurant? At the end, uh, uh, for us, uh, the, the most important is uh, to keep expressing uh, what, we, what we like, which is uh, Spanish uh, gastronomy, with a lot of passion, and share with all the Houstonians uh, what we have in mind. And, you know, build up a solid uh, clientele uh, that having fun. I'm going to change the menu every two months. So it's going to be always something new. And, and, and this is it. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you put together a great team at, at BCN led by Paco and Jerry. And, and talk about the, the team at, at Matt a little bit. I mean, there's uh, Chris, the bartender, Mark, the sommelier, uh, Sebastian, I mean, how's that? Uh, how do you feel about the people you're working with? I think we have a fantastic uh, team, front of the house and the back of the house. We've been uh, working with this team for pretty much a year and a half ago. So uh, obviously, over the over the time, has been uh, additional uh, adding to the project uh, people as, as Mark. Uh, uh, in the last uh, month and uh, and we are always uh, we're going to keep thinking in adding more people adding more talent to the team to grow together and, and, and bigger make it bigger yeah well you know you assemble enough talent then you have to open a third restaurant <laughs> 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 do you do you have an i mean you said you had an idea for mad from the very beginning do you have do you have a sense of what the third restaurant would be <laughs> no, I have to be honest. No. Um. Well, that was I. I. I thought I was trying to get a scoop. That's all. I was. I was yeah, fishing. No, no, no. I was fishing for information. It didn't work. Well, the, the, the interesting thing is, you no, know, you you do one, you, you're successful. You, I don't think we're successful yet. I think right now. We, we just opened, so it's the hype of the new restaurant. We need to make sure that this is repetitive and that we can be. If after six months you still have to wait a month and a half to get a reservation, then I, I think we can say that we're in the right path. Right now, for the time being, we, we just, the new place, the new hype, so, so let's not get too much of ourselves. We have to, as I talked to you before, we very much follow the, uh, the uh, reviews. We pretty much follow the rankings. We take them very seriously. We know sometimes might, might be the wrong reason, but, but in general, I think the, the public is very, today with social media, you have a very good uh, ranking of, of what you're doing, and we still think that we have to improve on the on the food concept percent. How do we present the food concept to the people? Because we think the quality of the of the preparation is absolutely outstanding. We have to increase a little bit on the service. Even so, as, as Luis said, I think we have a fantastic team. We had some changes as we opened, but I think the, the team is... I really, I really like it. We have an, an interesting thing. It's a very young team, so I'm 55, and to be surrounded with, I think we average team we have on the floor is maybe mid 20s, early. But man, hardworking guys. It's a blast. It's a blast to be around the people that that we have. So very, very happy with that. So right now, the main goal is to make sure that 
but we really rank very, very high in every one of the concepts, food, service, ambience, and overall value. If we can do that, then then at the same time, yeah, we, we're discussing. Luis says he's not. Yeah, we're discussing so many new ideas. We get presented new new options in terms of spaces. Right. So, uh, you know, maybe you do one right and two right. Maybe it's not locked now. Maybe something that we're doing is, is, is quite unique. And then do you think you'll still add lunch and brunch? Is that is that still part of the plan? Uh, I don't know. We're talking brunch, definitely, yes. Lunch, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll right. see. Uh, uh, we'll see. The, the, the place is a very much a night place. You've seen, it, you've seen how it is with no lights outside. Yes. It's absolutely gorgeous. With the day, the place loses a little bit of the charisma of the personality. But uh, if it's a good business and it's good for everyone, we will do it, definitely do it. All right. Well, I always end these interviews with uh, something I call the lightning round. Five silly questions, five short answers. So just say the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Ignacio, oh. what is the... Oh, Red. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite cookbook? My favorite cookbook? I don't cook. YouTube. That's the way. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Luis, how about you? Practico. Very good. Uh, Chef Luis, what is the first band you ever saw in concert? Julio Iglesias. Ignacio, how about you? I was a singer. I think it was uh, Juan Gabriel from Mexico. All right. Luis, uh, do, you, do you eat fast food? Yes. What do you get? What is your favorite fast food? Chick-fil-A. Very good. Ignacio, how about you? Big Mac. <laughs> I'm a Big Mac. I love Big Mac. The French fries from beautiful with the mayo. <laughs> Luis, who is your favorite Houston athlete? Is there one that's a regular at BCN? Houston, let me see. the. I don't remember the name. The baseball. Um, Jose Altuve? Uh, He's, he's in our Instagram. I, I forget his name. He comes uh, uh, once in a while. Justin Verlander? Uh, okay. He's been there. Luis is going to look it up. <laughs> Ignacio, do you have a favorite yeah, Houston athlete? Branching. Very nice. Best soccer player ever had this town. Yeah. And a good friend, by the way. And then finally, when you, when you order pizza, what toppings do you like on your pizza? <laughs> It is funny because uh, someone, so I went to a, to a can I have, uh, do you ask me a quick question? No, quick, no, no, please. Quick, I can say, quick answer is, is Catupiri cheese from Brazil. Okay. But I, let me tell you, so I went to a presentation by a priest and it was some people making questions. And one father asked uh, the priest, my son asked me to ask you, which one is your favorite topic, uh, uh, topping on the pizza? And the priest say, well, I'm sorry, you need to tell your kids I never eat pizza. And then the father said, okay, I will tell them you say vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good. Catupiri, they have it in Pizzaiola. It's a Brazilian cheese cream absolutely to die for. Very good. I'll have to try that. Yeah. All right, Luis. Did you find your favorite athlete? Uh, yes. Uh, his name is Lance McCullers. Oh, Lance McCullers. Yeah, he's a big foodie. Okay. All right. And then what do you get on your pizza? And, uh, I love uh, uh, purple onion. Capers, and, and, and some good cheese. Very good. All right, give us the website for BCN and Matt. BCNHouston.com. Yes. And MattHouston.com. Wonderful. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Eric, thanks a lot for inviting me. Thank you, Eric. It's a pleasure. All right. 
You can follow me on Twitter at eSandler, on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next time.